Welcome to the Rise and Flow podcast with me, your host, Elaine, a 5-1 manifester and the goddess of fun. This is a space where we go deep into unlocking your magic so you can step into your power in your life and business. Tune in weekly with me and a host of expansive guests where we dive deep into areas such as energetics, spirituality and business so you can rise and flow. Hello, welcome back, beautiful people. Today I am joined by a gorgeous soul. She is a spiritual midwife and medicine woman, Sarah Richardson. And we are coming on to talk to you about death the death of ourselves, honoring parts of us that we are letting go, and how we can honor being rebirthed into the world. So, Sarah, welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. I love how you said today we were talking about death and then everyone just logs off. <laughs> like, <laughs> <nah>. <laughs> We can make it very fun and very light. <laughs> oh, it is definitely, look, everything that we shine light on on the podcast always it comes in a kind of funny and light way. We've had great chats before we jumped on just about this process and the whole premise, I suppose, of Rise and Flow is sharing that the deeper behind the scenes journey. So people don't have to go along navigating the dark for so long as we have. Like, you know, I mean, you were in midwifery for years and you left six years ago and to form your amazing business, which I'm sure we'll chat about naturally as the conversation goes on. But, you know, as I was saying to you, I was like, I just did a ritual last week on grief, grieving parts of myself because I'm a completely different person than I was 10, 20 years ago. So for you, and this is why I want to talk about this, because Sarah is just launching her new book soon, her debut book, which will zone in on a lot of this because as women, well, and men, but like it's coming back into our power of who we are. So can you share a little bit about your journey, I suppose, from, you know, being a midwife and now to being facilitating all rites of passage in life for all souls? Absolutely. Thank you so much. Where do we even begin? Yeah, it's so interesting because we can't have rebirth without death, first of all. So I think the old way, the old paradigm of spirituality was all about the light and was all about kind of transcending the body and like reaching these high frequency states and giving a lot of our power to these gods and goddesses and stuff. And now I really feel the shift in the last kind of couple of years where we're being really drawn into the body as a vehicle of like full fucking expression. So a lot of the times when in the spiritual community, I see people and they're still speaking about the old way of light, you know, of like the old teachings. And I really think that we're being called to channel new wisdom. This is coming in really strong just to start speaking new like authentic wisdom that is coming in for you like in this moment because things have shifted so we're going through a collective rebirth you know because in my guides keep saying to me 2020 was the death 2021 and 2022 was more of a transition right because when there's a baby being born we go through a phase called the transition phase where there, the mom has just gotten to about 10 centimeters and the head is not quite ready to come, but in a couple of minutes it is. And then what ends up happening is we're going through a transition where the mom starts going, I don't want to do this. I can't do this. I'm freaking out. I want to go home. I don't want to do this. I'm going to die. They always say that. And then, so that's where we're at now. We're at the transition phase. It's just a very long transition phase of two years. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But 2023 is the rebirth. And that's what's exciting because so we've had a death. We've gone through a purge of the whole collective. The whole earth had to die at one point. But 2023 is all about the rebirth. So we cannot have that unless we really acknowledge what we have lost. So sorry, I know you asked me (laughs) about my own story. I suppose (laughs) I'm like, who was I before who I am now? Yeah, I mean, previous Sarah was, I mean, I was always very psychic and spiritual as a child, but 
I shut that down with a lot of, you know, things that we, a lot of people do, you know, alcohol, drugs, men, like I had a baby when I was 19, started midwifery and just was running on adrenaline. And I didn't know who the fuck I was because society you know I was like very popular I got a lot of attention for being like the bold kid in school and for being just a rebel and I really identified with that and then I had to do a lot of dying in order to shed those layers of like well but who am I who is Sarah what's true to me and what's just a part of my inner child that's playing to get some attention so that had to die you know, yeah, there was a lot of dying. There was a lot of dying. There was a lot of dying. And, you know, up to very recently, I've spoke about this before, up to very recently, like I had a death experience with malaria over in Ghana. And that was like the deepest level of death that I could go to, you know, because, and I had already written the book on death, right? Which is funny. <laughs> Literally written the book on death and rebirth. And then I'm over in Ghana and I get severe malaria and have a near-death experience so even then integrating that afterwards you know with a collective death there's a lot of grieving to happen and with personal death whether that's a death of an identity or a death of the ego or a death of a career or a relationship you know we have to grieve that death and then we get a beautiful rebirth and the rebirth is becoming who you really are here to be like your rebirth is your true, true, true nature. So yeah. Okay. I waffled a lot there. So. (laughs) Well, no, I love Jesus Christ. I always go off on tangents and that's where a lot of the wisdom comes in. And I think, yeah, like, I mean, geez, I've gone through, like, it was actually funny when I lived in China, when I went to China at first, I was actually christened well, not christened would be the wrong word. So generally you have a naming ceremony, like the Chinese would give you a naming ceremony. And initially they were like, they were just giving me a direct translation of my name, which means to miss. And they're like, oh, you'll miss people back in Europe. And then when you go back to Europe, you'll miss people here. And I'm kind of going, no, nah. I was like, that doesn't resonate with me in terms of, I was like, what's the other options? Because you guys don't take English translations. They just pick a name. And they're like, no, we're going to call you Phoenix, which is the queen. Feng Huang is in Chinese. And they were like, you are like the empress because like you command authority and blah, 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 blah. And I remember being like, oh my God, I love that. So I was called Phoenix for my year and a half when I was there. This is back like 2011, so 11 years ago, 11, 11. But it's funny because like, it's just the signs. And like, I actually remember going to get this tattoo about rebirth and Chinese characters down my side. And because for me, it really resonated because I was at that point being like, I remember leaving Ireland in a recession. Everyone thought I was crazy. And I'm like, I just feel really called to go to China. I don't know why. And I went to teach like English to business students, but it was nothing to do with what my career was about. I was like, no, I feel called. I need to go to Asia. And actually when I looked at my only last week, my astrological charts of where my sun line is, it makes perfect sense why the fuck I went to Asia to activate my higher self. But when I look back, like recently I've been doing a lot of work, like seeing parts of me that I've let go and been doing soul retrievals for those elements of myself that where it didn't feel safe for us to be fully who we are. Like, well, that's in a corporate environment, or I'm sure you experienced that in midwifery as well. So could you shed a little bit of insight in this actually? Because I didn't know what a soul retrieval was until two years ago and why it's important on the death process. Absolutely. I also just want to say that, you know, when you were saying that they initially gave you the name to miss, like, and then your name is Phoenix, like to miss is to grieve, you know, and grief. So like, that's kind of something that was just coming in when you were talking about that being your name. And then Phoenix, yeah, Phoenix becomes a beautiful Phoenix, but he has to leave behind like, he comes from the ashes of death. So just wanted to throw that in there because maybe they're actually both related. Because <laughs> that was a major transitionary point. And you know, like you see on Instagram, it's like, oh, don't look back. You're not fucking going that way now. And I'm kind of going, it is imperative to look back and reflect because I look back now and I'm kind of going, I wasn't really lost. I just wasn't conscious of what was happening. But I actually, like, as you said, I was in, like, oh, I've always been intuitive and had 
gifts, but I didn't necessarily have the toolkit. And this is why I love bringing on amazing guests like you, right? That's really fucking cracking open how we think and elevating the consciousness of the collective because we are all, everybody who listens or who doesn't listen or is resisting has gifts inside them that needs to be shared in the world. Oh God, yeah. And we're being asked to be in the truest form as possible. Like, absolutely. What was the question you asked me before I went on that? <laughs> actually, I'd asked you, oh, sorry, I'd asked, well, two was actually your journey in midwifery to being out of it. And the second oh, yeah. one was in terms of soul retrieval. Oh, soul retrieval. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. So yeah, in shamanism, we would call it soul retrieval, where we go through an experience in life that fragments our soul. So if the soul is kind of a whole being, a trauma might happen. So maybe a death of a parent, right, at a young age, then part of our soul is exiled. And then we lose that soul essence of ourself as well as, you know, it's kind of hanging out in space somewhere, right? So that's in shamanism. And then in the work of internal family systems, which is more of a therapeutic kind of modality, they would say that these parts of ourself get exiled. So it's both the same. And, you know, in shamanism, when we look at like indigenous cultures, we're all saying the same thing, just different words. So soul retrieval has always been there. So in like more of a shamanic viewpoint, you would go and retrieve the lost soul piece through going into a trance. So usually the shaman, the medicine woman, the medicine man would go on behalf of the person and they would journey and collect this soul piece and invite it back into the soul. And in internal family systems, which is very similar, you would find that part of yourself that's exiled. So say we'll use that example as of losing a parent at, say, age four. There might be a part that is deeply grieving and is exiled, right? Is exiled. And then all of a sudden, that person goes through life and they don't love anymore. They have this barrier around their heart. They're like, no, fuck that. I'm never loving again. Or they may have like this resistance to men if it was a father that died or whatever. And then what we can do in by, so as a midwife, I always say that I am the bridge between worlds, right? So I can be here with you now, Elaine, but on your behalf, I can travel to the other world. And I've always been able to. And kind of suss out what's going on. Maybe there's a little part of Elaine that is that four-year-old that I can communicate with and explain that a long time has passed since that has happened. And does she want to let that grief go? And we can do that through various ways. The best way I find is to actually give that pain to the elements and the elements of earth by placing your hand on the earth or the wind, giving it to the wind or the fire or giving it to these sacred wars. And nine times out of 10, that little part will come back, will come into the present moment, will reintegrate back. And the beautiful thing that happens with soul retrieval is that you get the beautiful qualities of a four-year-old back. You get the childlike innocence you get the creativity you get the zest for life you get the feeling of life before the trauma happened and then we have to nurture that little inner four-year-old or whoever she is you know because we're her parents and that's what she needed because she was looking for a parent that's just one example but soul retrieval is absolutely incredible. And we're kind of constantly on a soul retrieval path. We're constantly collecting parts of ourselves back. And that we've lost. Exactly, yeah. Or that people have taken. I'll tell you a crazy story, right? Well, it's not crazy, but it's like, I'm always, you know, in the type of work that we do, I'm always fucking blown away, right? So I was about to go for a shamanic healing. And I've been fasting for a couple of days beforehand. Well, sorry, I was eating one meal a day, but the rest was just like water and juice. And I was really like connecting because I was creating space, I suppose, before I was running the first round of the mastermind. So if I'm holding a container, I always like to kind of do a bit of like work on myself beyond the daily work. But anyway, I remember being like feeling really called to connect with my inner child. And I was like, I'd love a picture of myself. 
I actually, I never even verbalized this. I'm literally just communicating in my journal with the universe. And I was like, but my parents are gone away. They were gone away for a stint in their camper van. So I was up the mountains and I was doing like doing card pulls and whatever. And it was all like what was coming up, like cards for rebirth. And I'm like, oh God, how many more fucking rebirths am I going to go through? <laughs> da, da, da. Then it was like, you know, it's safe for you to be seen and stand in your power, et cetera, et cetera. I was going back to do this. And then literally as I was coming down the hill, I checked my phone because I'm like, God, I need to get back. The session was online. And there was a message on my Signal or Telegram app, which I don't use that often, from my uncle who I had not spoke to in two years. And there was a picture of me as a six-year-old girl in a red dress. And when I was on the session, so bear in mind, I literally just put that down, went, like drove home, came on the Zoom, started the session with the girl. And she was like, I'm going to do a soul retrieval now. And, and she was like, and I was being bawling when I was looking at this picture earlier. And then she said, there was two parts of your soul that wanted to come back. One of you as a child, you're wearing like a red dress. And I was like, fuck off. And she was like, yeah, like, isn't because as a child, you were told it was like, you know, too much. You're too much, you're too much, you're too much. Mm. And then another part of you, she was like, you're in this corporate attire or whatever. And it was also as in like, you know, you're too much. Don't express your opinions. It was the sassiness. And I was kind of going, when it was like, this is safe for you to come back. And as you said, then I felt, I was like, okay, I'm going to reparent this girl. I remember then that day being like, okay, I'm going to bring out. And I'm going like, what do you want? Do you want like a big freaking cake with icing on it? I went down, something I'd never buy. But I was like, it reminded me of like birthday cake I get as a child and really just like nurture that aspect of ourselves that has been missing from our bodies. And I was like, wow, this is mind blowing. There's so much tools and wisdom available out there now that really can help us ascend and heal at such a more nurturing way as opposed to like the, thinking that it's all like a major purge. Yeah, completely. And we really need those all parts of ourselves back. You know, we really do. That's the phase of life that we're at. That's the phase that we're at, you know, in the collective that we need to be whole right now. And I'd love to actually, you know, ask people if they're listening to just mentally repeat, I call all fragments of my soul across time and space back now. And through the power of our words, like that is you casting a spell. So you're literally invoking all fragments of your energy across time and space back to your body now. And you can even do that three times. It's nice to do everything in trees. So, but it can be, and actually that's something that's coming in really strong is that we don't even realize the power of our words that actually in an instant, a friend of mine yesterday had a, quite a scary experience with this quite a dark energy. And she contacted me and I said to her, do not give it permission to attach on. Do not give it permission. And then I got her to say it out loud. Like, I do not give you permission. So everything like energy coming at us, dark energy or whatever, you know, it's all a lesson, first of all. It's all perfect and divine. But it's whether you give permission or not for it to be. Basically, we have a lot of power inside and nothing is more powerful than us because we're basically god and goddess you know obviously someone who's listened was meant to hear that message (laughs) about the power that we have in our words and in our invocations that we can just speak and say i don't give permission for this or like we just did i call all parts of myself home yes i love that i think it was funny because it's soul retrieval came up for me this morning i was like no you're ready to a bit more now so in terms of parts of us that die versus soul retrieval right because obviously it's different but there's an element of like say for me like when I was like the sass piece came up massive because I think moving into the spiritual wellness space like there was an element of me also not dimming down ironically right because it was like oh it's all pastels and it's all like oh love and light and all this kind of stuff and I'm kind of going no I'm actually I am fucking sassy and mm-hmm. Joe like I like the sexual side I remember actually years ago being like when I come back from like maybe 2012, I'm like, namaste, bitches. Because I don't associate like any negative energy with that word. Yeah. Right. But then as in like that we, like, this is where I'm always like labels, fucking hate labels. I think, you know, why we all try, we force our, if we for, try force yourself to fit in a box, I'm like, mm-hmm. you can flow outside the box. So we all need to be outside the box. Forget about the boxes, forget about the labels. So 
when we're letting parts of ourselves die, is it right in saying that the soul retrieval is in like, we let that part of ourselves go. And then when we go through greater healing, we welcome it back into a healthier version of our body. Is that how it works? If I'm Well, first of all, nothing ever dies. Nothing ever ends. If you think about the birth of a baby, right? At the same time, this baby is being born into this reality. It's going through a death of its spirit reality. Do you know what I mean? So at the same time as birth is happening, there's a death happening. And at the same time as a death is happening, so when someone takes their last breath, maybe they're 99 years of age, they are dying from this reality, but they're going into a different plane. So they're being birthed at the same time as they're dying. And when we look at the moon, the moon is dying and being born every month with the full moon and the new moon. And with the menstrual cycle, we're going through a death and a rebirth. When the menstrual phase, we're having a death. And with the ovulation phase, we're having a birth. So nothing is ever finished or complete. So we're always going through a cycle. So say, for example, we're like the death that we're going through is a death of maybe the victim part of ourselves, And that is dying away in order for the birth of our inner power and the inner knowing of our power to be born out of that. So there's a death and a birth always happening, a death and a birth and a death and a birth. So we're letting go. And the thing is, this kind of world or the evolution is so cyclical that we'll come across that victim again and we'll have to die deeper. So we're always dying deeper and being born more expansive. Like, so it's kind of an evolution. Yeah. I'm just taking some little notes here. (laughs) (laughs) Even though I'm going to be listening to this again. Yeah. No, that is good. That is deep. That is deep and high (laughs) all at the same time. Yeah. Oh, no, I love it. And that, no, it does feel expansive because I actually, I did, I, I wanted to actually ask you so many questions, but in terms of what you said there about going into cycles, because I was like, Jesus, if I ask her all these questions of things I find interesting that you do, I'll be here all <laughs> freaking day. But cyclical living, because I know like you are just, you have so much wisdom. So actually for anyone who's interested in human design, how we start chatting was over human design because Sarah is a reflector. 1% of the population. So like she's here as this amazing channel to share wisdom. And I also think as intuitive to you is you alchemize wisdom from old paradigm to the new paradigm. And oh, I need to write that down. <laughs> yes. No, but that actually is a huge gift that you have. And there's even, I know we talked about this briefly before we came on, because I was like, oh my God, I love this in your programs, but several things that you've mentioned there as well. And it is, because even old paradigm spirituality is also not the correct way. Like what we are all birthing as a collective, like whether you are literally just figuring out what an awakening is, or if you're already a healer or whatever you're doing, we are literally creating a new world, right? That's what we're doing. And I have like, I have the channel so carried through me now. It's kind of going, get out and fucking say that. Get out and teach people, teach people the new way, lead the new way. And you have this amazing role to play in this so like what I always ask women to come back to that I work with is looking at their cycles so like the power of our periods and I actually have like done out maps and graphs for them that I'm like like, stick this on your wall and this is the type of work that you can be doing say in the winter phase like for me my winter phase I don't I won't record podcasts I won't do much extroverted work because I love being by myself that doesn't mean that I'm sitting watching freaking chick flicks on Netflix all day, even though I will do that for maybe an evening or whatever. But I'm like, okay, my intuition is really high now. Like what type of work can I do? Like how can I make my business flow a bit better? Like what needs to change? Or even sometimes writing kind of deep content, I find really good. So can you explain a little bit about what the hell cycle thinking is and how can women harness that to remember who they are? Oh my God, yeah, yeah. So yeah. So first of all, if you're if you don't get a period, you can just sync up with the moon because it's similar. They're both 28 day cycles and well, around 28 days, sometimes like especially when I plan on having a lovely winter phase and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gonna really reflect and retreat and I have none that week, then my cycle's like 
nah nah I think we'll actually hold off getting a period until the week after when you're like running a week-long retreat or something so but anyway yeah so usually the moon cycle is 28 days and our menstrual cycle is from about 28 days till 30-ish 32 there's two energy currents that are running through the menstrual cycle so when we count day one as the first day of your bleed until ovulation which is usually between day 10 day 14 I'll say 14 just for now so we can just split it in the middle so day one of your bleed is a very internal energy it's winter it's death it's shedding if you literally think of the cells of your womb space that is shedding and this is like ancestral trauma ancestral pain ancestral suffering fear, guilt, shame, anger, all that, all the old stuff that we hold in our womb space on a cellular level is shedding. The blood is shedding. So that's a death. So we're going through a death. So I would always say if you're self-employed or if you're in, you know, business, one of my clients, she's actually, she is on TV and she was saying to me, I'm in my winter, but I, how can I be like, I have to be extrovert for my work. And I was like, to her, it's actually more of an intention rather than a physical thing. So if your intention, if you are in a position where you actually can't be like in your bloody, <laughs> literally bloody cocoon, <laughs> if you can't be, but as long as you're conscious that you're in winter, so maybe you're not going to, you know, meet up for friends for those extra coffees and Maybe you're not going to go to that, you know, cacao ceremony that is like going to be a really beautiful social event. Maybe you're just going to stick to yourself. So it's like creating a little bit more space in your diary for just you time and downloads and wisdom and intuition. So but then if you can, so if you're self-employed, so like me, I literally look at my month in advance and I just as you said, I won't do workshops, retreats, nothing around that. And that'll be my time for just receiving because that's a really strong energy of receiving, right? So then if we skip to like the ovulation phase, ovulation is literally the most magnetic phase of your menstrual cycle. Like your hormones, your everything is just magnetic and high vibrational because the energy of the egg when it's released is magnetizing the sperm because it wants to be fertilized. So when we tap into that egg's wisdom and that egg's power, we become that magnet. And although we're not attracting a sperm, if we think about what it is we desire and visualize that as the sperm, you are being fertilized and impregnated with your dreams. So that is the time for really powerful, like, you know, the doing, the action, the productivity, the meeting people, the socializing, the manifesting, that's a really powerful frequency. And then, yeah, and then the rest of, you know, those in-between phases, like so from menstruation to ovulation, like the energy has grown a little bit in preparation. Then from ovulation to menstruation, the energy is declining and going inward a little bit. So when you start working with that flow, it's pure creative energy. You know, that's how we create in cycles. We're not meant to be all productive. We're not meant to be all masculine because that would mean we're in our ovulation phase all the time and you'd burn out then. So we need the ebb and the flow and we need to come home to ourselves. You know, we need to come home in our menstrual phase to really go to the depths so that we can reach those beautiful places. And we need to value both. We need to not just value in society our ovulation or like super shiny, you know, extrovert. We need to value the wise crone, the witch, the wise woman. Yes. Oh, no. Like it is like when I tapped into the cycle thinking, I was kind of going, wow. So having had endometriosis, I would say in my new world now, I'm kind of going like, no, I'm not being labeled with this. But I remember before I obviously elevated my consciousness when I was taking Ponson all the time and I was used to take a day off work every month and all this kind of stuff but I remember having to show up and I'm sure there are so many women that will be listening to this or for any males that are listening to consider the women that are around you right because it's so common 
and that like crawling into the bathroom or like being in the disabled toilet with your back to the radiator, putting on freaking God knows whatever bams and bloody salpidine and all this kind of stuff just to get through the pain of that day. So you can go home and crawl on the couch and work. How much we used to force against and that and society is not designed for women. It's not designed for female intuition. And where it's like, it is, we push, we push, we push until we get to a point where it's like absolutely no more. Like it's crazy since I've made that shift. Like I'm four years where I've never taken a Panadol for cramps, not even a Panadol, like a paracetamol. When I was on prescribed painkillers, as in could not live without them. I used to get really bad anxiety actually before I would get my period because I was like, how bad is it going to be? And even for a period of time when it went and I was like, wow. And it really brought me back home to myself and learning my body. And the cycle thinking is phenomenal because it's not a case of like you're unproductive in your winter phase. Like this is where you're going to get the wisdom to act on that's going to guide you through the rest of the cycle. So if we take, we've got our cycles as women. So we go through this 13 times the same as the moon in the year. But then we have the cycles of nature. And maybe a little bit on embracing change, actually, because I think in our old patriarchal ways, like we are like, I hear some people going, like, oh, I don't like change and change is very uncomfortable or whatever. And like nature is in a constant state of change. And if it doesn't change, it doesn't survive. Right. So we as humans need to evolve like nature has shown us. And this is where all the wisdom is coming back to you know, Mother Earth and nature. And if we take now, like this obviously is going to be coming out in, we're listening in October, it's Halloween, it's like witching season, you know, all the leaves are falling off the trees, well, already. And, you know, how can we honor the cycles of nature, the seasons to support, I suppose, this rebirthing and death process that we go through as well? Yeah, amazing. Amazing. So there's 10 questions in there in one. <laughs> yeah, well, this is why I wrote that book, because the book basically brings us through the, it's broken into four sections, the four seasons. And I don't even know this, by the way, right? So I was like, at all. So it's actually interesting that I'm asking these questions. But go on. Yeah. yeah, because I kept being initiated into this process over and over again, into like, I was born so interesting I was born on Samhain which is the Celtic festival of Halloween right so it's the 7th of November right but it's basically said that that day is where the veil is the thinnest between this world and the spirit world and I was born at like midnight on 7th of November which is so funny because it's like I totally was a witch when I was born you know like born on the bit when the veil was thin in between worlds Yeah. So basically I have a real strong resonance to the dark, the darker months, the darker, you know, and sometimes I find in the summer, I'm a little bit like, whoa, frazzled, you know, I'm like, you know, so actually my energy is more comfortable in the darker months. Whereas I know people who are born in the summer months that are just like, absolute, when were you born actually? April. Okay. So yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah, so I think that's why I have that real strong connection to winter and the dark and the witch and stuff like that. So that's kind of why I wrote this, because I could see that we weren't living in a cyclical way, connected to our bodies, connected to our natural rhythm and connected to nature's rhythm. And there was a lot of teachings that I received from it. And the biggest thing that I did was I started to mark the seasons I started to mark the festivals with something whether it's a ceremony or a ritual and what it does is it kind of programs your mind to you remember like I remember where I was last November I remember where I was in February when the season changed to Imbolc which is about spring I remember where I was in May when it was Bialtna I remember where I was this week I was at a Lunasa festival so what and you know next year I'm bringing people on that full year journey of through the seasons because when we mark it it's like you know there's such a beautiful connection to the moon at the moment like all walks of life are out charging their moon crystals like all walks of life are howling at the moon on Port Marnock Beach you know and it's amazing because we're connecting to 
cycles of like letting go with the full moon and calling in with the new moon. And I think it's just all about bringing a consciousness and a ritual to these moments. Because when we can have, when we can really like be in, say, Samhain, which is winter, which is the witching season, which is the Kylock, right? When we get to that place in November, when you guys are all listening to this, that is the time to let the fuck go, to crumble. And there's always deeper you can go because there's always higher you can go as well. So to the level of depth that you can go in the winter is the level of height you will go in the summer. So, I mean, if you're happy, just, you know, free sailing and smooth sailing and, you know, cool, but there's always more to crumble, you know, and that's beautiful. We also need to know when to stop digging. We need to know, that's a skill to know when to stop crumbling. And that's what the seasons teach us because when it comes time, because nothing lasts forever. So if you can embrace the winter and the darkness so fully, because you know that in a couple of months, you're coming into spring and that's the time to emerge. That's the time to blossom and bloom. And then summer, you're fully emerged and Luna say you're celebrating and whatever. But I think sometimes we don't want to go to the depths because we think we'll get stuck there. But actually, when we look at the seasons of nature, it teaches us that we never get stuck anywhere because we're always moving. Hello, beautiful soul. I interrupt this episode briefly just to share a little bit about the SAS Collective Mastermind, which is now open for enrollment. I co-created this mastermind to activate awakening entrepreneurs who are here to do things differently, make a positive impact and live a life of freedom. So if you want to align your business with soul and systems and magnify into a state of joy and flow, then this is your official invitation from the manifester to be initiated and activated. Over the eight intimate weeks together, we will dive deep into the energetics of who you are and your business. Every week we will build momentum working on alignment, your deeper desires, boundaries, beliefs, cycle thinking, matched with higher consciousness strategy and the business systems to support your expansion with automation and flow at the core. The alchemy of spirituality, SaaS, strategy and systems will help you magnetize dream clients and sales on a soul level and you will walk away with a solid plan and foundation to scale and create the life and business of your dreams. So if you are ready to really step into your power as the leader in the collective and make your dreams come true, then you can sign up on my website and I'm going to drop the link in the show notes. So now I'm going to let you get back to this beautiful episode and feel free to drop into my DMs with any questions or book a discovery call. Oh yeah, no, a hundred percent. I actually, I wrote down what you were saying there. It was like the level of depth you go in the winter is the height that you'll rise in the summer. My adaptive body had to put the rise in there, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And this is like probably the same for yourself. Like that's where I get my inspiration is in nature. Do you know when I go on a walk and it's like, if you actually look in terms of nature and science or whatever, like the higher a tree grows, the deeper its roots goes into the ground. And there's times if anyone works with cards or whatever, and they're kind of area on their journey. I remember always pulling out, oh, it's the rest card or it's the winter card. I'm like, fuck's sake. No, I'm ready to go now, right? Like, because there's still a, I don't want to rest. And it's like surrender in or whatever. But the winter phase, as the same way I said in terms of our 28 day cycle, it doesn't mean you're not going to get any work done in your business or your life and you need to just like sit in with a hot water bottle for seven days. There is huge work that you can be doing, but it's inward and it's in preparation for the seasons ahead. And this is the same way in terms of like, of our life I actually I love autumn I love coming into hibernation phase and I love like having a period of time where I'm completely offline and it's like fires and warm drinks and the smell of cinnamon and it's just cinnamon. It's lovely, right? I love cinnamon <laughs> yeah yeah and it is it's such a beautiful time and we will do the deeper work because at the end of the day as you said like old paradigm oh love and light whatever it's love, light, and shadow. If we're not integrating the shadow and we're not digging deep and nurturing our soil, then how are we expected to grow? And yeah, and I think that is really beautiful as well. Like growth mindset. There is always more to access. I actually am reading a book at the minute. It was like the Tribe of Mentors. 
actually just on this talking about books and I was like I'm gonna fucking do one of these for women it's basically nine to five percent men but it's interesting seeing in terms of you know the way we always see entrepreneurs they're always changing like you can see people grow and evolve and you know I hear women like talking about other female entrepreneurs in the past and they're kind of going oh, she's always changing. She's not doing that anymore. And I'm her kind of going, she's evolving. The more successful she's becoming, she is actually evolving in her purpose. Her purpose keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And I've actually seen that with you in terms of like, you know, you're going off and you've had did a stint in Ghana, which I can't even imagine how wholesome that is. But your purpose is further growing and growing because you keep doing the work, the inner work, prepping so letting parts of you die and be reborn and it's yeah it's freaking amazing like I can't even imagine where you're going to be in 10 years time Sarah I know and that's the thing we can never look at ourselves in the future because we just wouldn't recognize them we literally wouldn't know who they were and I love that you said that because if I were to ask any of my friends to sum me up they would probably say you are always doing the work like and that's not in a good way (laughs) because sometimes I'm like I find it hard to switch off from spirit and just be a normal girl. But I am always evolving. Like I am not afraid to go in. I'm never afraid to be like, oh, there's a big trigger. Let's sit with that and let's see. Like I'm not afraid, but I'm not afraid because I have seen what happens when I do. And it's really like really interesting that the, so one other person read my book, right? And that was the editor. And her life crumbled. It was so interesting. So we went on the same journey together. So I wrote the book. She read the book. We both met partners on the 2nd of September. We both separated from partners on the same day. We both are at the same energetic kind of stage of life. Like it's like we've synced up with the book. It's so interesting. And then Two of my friends, I sent them the book to just kind of have a little run through. And one of my friends texted me saying, this book is alive. (laughs) And I was like, what? And she was like, the minute that book came into my house, everything started crumbling. And I was like, brilliant. Keep it going because that's only the first chapter. (laughs) The first section is all about death. But she, one of them hadn't even read the book. And she was just like, that book, that book, (laughs) like... But I know what happens at the end of the book and it's beautiful. Oh, I can't wait to see what happens at the end of the book now. Well, I can imagine in terms of us actually coming back into our power, Joe. And as you said, it's in like, we are all gods and goddesses, like every single one of us, you know? And it's like, you know, are you willing to dig in and excavate all the shit out there and let it go and let it die off in order to be reborn as what our higher purpose is here on this earth. But just an important point that you touched on, right, in terms of, I don't think we've actually covered this ever in the podcast yet, getting addicted to the work. Because like that also is possible. For me, I like literally, my strategy for my business or my document that houses everything and all the downloads and all the whatever, I specifically will be like, okay, put periods of time where in between like masterminds or a lot of work where I'm like, okay, I'm going to go off and do ayahuasca, which I put down for, but I'm like, not when I'm holding space for a huge amount of people, because I want to have time to process and integrate and whatever, and not be constantly, obviously I have a daily spiritual practice, but it's kind of almost like, could you get caught chasing a high? I'd look for your insight, either one chasing the high of like what it's like when you go through the clearance or an element of being in your comfort zone. I'll just keep doing more. I'll do more and more and more and more healing, thinking that you're there's a but there's a deeper pattern of not feeling good enough. And that's a load of fucking shit, right? Because I look at work I did three years ago that changed people's lives. And in terms of how much more wisdom and gifts I have now, it's not even comparable. So, you know, we are worthy at every level of the journey. So I'd be interested to kind of hear your thoughts on getting addicted to healing. Completely, completely. I see it all the time. I have, you know, people that have done a hundred ayahuasca ceremonies weekend after weekend after weekend. And, you know, what they're really craving is connection. They're really, really, really craving connection to the people in the group, in the room, on the retreat weekend, connection to themselves, connection to spirit. And I actually think that if you think about addiction, Addiction is 
you know, we're craving something to fill that void. And a lot of the time that void is a void of connection. There might be loneliness, you know. So I seen a thing on Instagram today and it was like healing is not about fixing the broken parts. Healing is about finding the broken parts and loving them anyway. And that's been my experience that we're never healed. We are never, ever, ever healed ever, ever, ever until we pass on and we're in spirit. So it's not about getting to a place of fixed. So I think that's the number one thing for us to realize, because I think if we're thinking that we're going to be fixed, we're always going to be feeling like a failure. We're always going to be feeling like we're not quite fixed yet. We're not quite fixed, but we're not meant to be fixed. We're not meant to be. And I think it really comes back to like that quote, you know, about finding the broken parts and loving them anyway, like finding the parts of yourself that are the darkest and have the most amount of shame and loving them. And I think, and having compassion. And I think that's the most whole that we can get. That's wholeness. And yeah, I think we can definitely get addicted and we need to know when to stop digging. Definitely. How do we know when to stop digging? I think by doing it in a cyclical way. So for example, like if you were, like you said, you were going to go say do an ayahuasca ceremony that you need to know consciously that that's going in and bringing out the shadow. It's bringing out the joy and the beauty, but it's bringing out, it's going to stir up shit. And like, there's always a crumbling in the integration phase of any medicine. So it's about knowing that, right, I'm doing this very consciously and I'm going in and then I'm going to emerge. I'm going to emerge and I'm going to integrate and I'm going to change my life. Because my last ayahuasca ceremony, I said to ayahuasca, when should I come back? And she said, go and live your life. And I haven't been back. And it literally changed the whole course of my life because I was in a phase where I was addicted, you know, and I was going, I did 11 ceremonies in a year. Do you know, like it was ridiculous. Wow. It wasn't ridiculous. It was needed. It was necessary. But I needed to know when to stop and when to start going into life and going, okay, right, I've done a lot of digging, I've done a lot of sludging, I've done a lot of swirling. What do I want now? Who do I want to be? What brings me pleasure? What brings me joy? What, you know, all these things. And we have to do it consciously. So I would say the best advice is doing it in a cyclical way of like, if you're going to do it, if you're going to have a debt, go into debt, but also remember to come out of it as well. Yes, no, I love that. And it is, it is really important. I think there's a huge element of that. It really kind of connects in with more our self-worth piece as well, because all of what you're talking about there in terms of like the healing, because, you know, we're purging, we're letting go of low vibrational emotion, like shame, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then, you know, we're starting to elevate, like our frequency is starting to elevate and stuff is moving. There's elements going like, oh, I kind of want more, but then it's like, it's safe for me to just keep in this healing phase. But, you know, back to what you're saying it is is like we are good enough accepting like the broken parts of it as well and loving on us because this is all part of our journey and it's all part of like what we share with the collective that helps someone else come along and also that you're accessible yeah and that it's safe because for me I was not afraid of the dark but I was petrified of the light petrified I had so much fear of the pleasure and the joy because like I can't even like I remember doing a San Pedro ceremony, which is a powerful cactus. And I remember there was a huge amount of life force coming into my body. There's loads clearing from my throat when I'm talking about this, about being afraid. So there was a lot of life force energy coming with this medicine, a lot of color, a lot of beauty, a lot of pleasure, right? And it's clearing now as you're talking about, particularly we're, we're actually going to, like, I thought the last question was going to be on the witch wound. So oh, this, that's, is, and this is all about being seen, right? Yeah. Sharing our voice. This is it, right? So there was this life force coming into me. It was like every single color you could imagine all at the same time, every single taste, sensation, pleasure, joy, beauty, light, and I purged and purged and purged because it was so bright and it was so like there was so much 
it was so overwhelming and frightening. And I think for a lot of us, our greatest fear, like Marianne Williamson said, is not that we are inadequate. Our greatest fear is that we are powerful beyond belief. Like that is our fear. Like me stepping into full power was so frightening, you know? So I think there's an element of addiction to healing and to the digging because to emerge and to step fully into like our joy and our dreams, like to think of like the best of life, that's frightening for a lot of people, you know, because it maybe they've never experienced anything and it's new, you know? Well, on the topic of pleasure, it was actually funny. I only was kind of working on, with a client on this, right? Because you would think it doesn't matter what level that you're at in terms of like this shit comes up and the element of like being seen and just on the pleasure piece, because like I got a few messages on that this year myself. It was the same. It was like, go have fun, have pleasure. That's why actually I was like, fun is one of my life values that I want to live by. Is this fun you know the way I work with my clients is this fun and to have us all experience more joy and pleasure but when I was kind of digging into it there and she was like that and I have felt this myself as well right in terms of when it's going giving yourself the permission for pleasure is it's like people being like who does she think she is right going off there to the fucking spa on a Monday morning or off on her little fancy holidays or whatever you're doing or you know and it's kind of Because at the end of the day, right, and this comes back on a deeper level back to the witch wound. For anyone who's like working that, well, anyone obviously is listening is into spirituality that's on this, but like that conditioning goes so far beyond just like someone telling you to shut up in a corporate job, right? So how do we then go in and heal that? Like what advice, because I know you do so much work with this in terms of healing that and even like in terms of like, for me, the podcast was healing. I was like getting out there and just speak. There was so much that was coming up going like, you know, I'm like, well, I don't want to plan. I'm not going to write a script, but like, what if I change my mind? Like all these stupid things. And I'm like, do you know what? I'm allowed to change my mind. I am human. I obviously am going to curse because that's who I am. I'm like, I'm just going to be myself. And it's been such a freaking healing journey, even bringing people on. And this, you're going to get the book now, Sarah, because your podcast will be out now soon after this. It's always a good initiation for people, you know? So how can we heal our witch wound? Oh my God, there's so much power in that because first of all, the witch, like if we go back right to ancient times to when the witch trials were, like number one reason for a woman to be called a witch was around sexuality. So anybody who was to be seen as sexual, even if, and this is hilarious, right? Even if a man cheated on his wife with a woman, even if he raped a woman, she was considered a witch because she, of course, a man would never do that behavior unless he was under a spell. So there's a huge amount of trauma around sexuality and around pleasure. And as well, like I can speak for Ireland, Ireland has this really weird trauma bonding thing where people really love suffering and that's how people bond and that's how people belong is if they're all poor together, right? Because at least we belong together and oh, isn't the weather so shit and oh, did you hear so-and-so died? And, you know, like I've been witnessing this for a long time that I'm like, whoa, what are we doing, you know? And we're not always celebrating the beautiful things that are happening for people were kind of pulling them down nearly. So yeah, I mean, the witch wound really shows up when we're speaking our truth and that it's that we're afraid of persecution in whatever way that is. And persecution, you know, in ancient times was that we were being hung and burnt at the stake and stuff. But persecution now is being like ridiculed on Instagram or like shamed or, I mean, look how like the trolling and stuff like that that's how the witch wound is presenting itself now and for me I've only recently found my voice in the last kind of two years and it's been like liberating and petrifying at the same time and I think in order to I have a friend she's a singing teacher and she says it's great because the way we heal our voice is through our voice so we've all been given a unique 
kind of tool, a vibrational tool to clear the energy of our own throat. And the thing about it is the throat, the larynx, the vocal cords are directly linked to the pelvic floor and the sexual organs. So when you're orgasming, you make a lot of noise. And when you're giving birth, you make a lot of noise. But this is where all our power is. So we have to make a lot of noise and we have to express the power in the same way as you would with an orgasm, the same way as you would. We have to express the creative power as well. And that is done through the voice. It's the first place to be shut down for women. And not only are we, do we shut down this, but we shut down our pelvic floor, sexual organs, our pussy. We shut it all down. Oh, pussy. I like that one. Hey. <laughs> so this is why I'm always like, you know, like to try and pull common themes when it's coming out in chats, right? And it's like, get into fucking action. And bear mind surrender is also an action. But it's like, speak, Joe. If like for clients I'd always give as kind of exercises, like, oh, I'm afraid of like showing up on Instagram or like doing a live or I've never been on. And that was also me. I mean, I got a photo shoot done there in December and it was like, majorly outside my comfort zone because back to like a lot of the witch stuff who does she think oh, she's so great rented a studio oh my god and a photographer and hair and makeup and I'm like yeah you know I've spent my whole life behind the camera making everyone else successful in servitude in my corporate career I'm kind of going like no it's not what I'm here for right so I need to be brave and by me being brave I inspire others to be brave so for people getting out there and being like you know healing this I'm like pretend like record a few videos and just save them there on your phone or like I'm like put pictures like behind your ring light or wherever you're recording and like imagine you're speaking to your like your best friend or someone you feel comfortable with and it's like all we we need to be just telling ourselves is then like tapping in like I am safe I am safe I am safe and yeah like let go like whatever there's always going to be the haters and the trolls like I'm here kind of going like I just I don't care you're never going to satisfy everyone so and maybe the ironic thing is then like that you're just triggering them and that's an invitation for them also to rise up and that's their choice because as you said before we jumped on it's kind of going you we are responsible for our own shit we're responsible for our own healing and only we have the power to do the work ourselves and like the beauty is of this is then like we're just sharing information here we're sharing information that you can't find on google i remember like last year or not a couple years ago been like what's a spiritual awakening nothing joe nothing there was nothing available on the internet for this so this is your initiation to be like boom i'm ready to do some of the deeper work Mm. do you know what one thing is for me it was about being seen because i think the beauty industry has really caused a lot of damage and people are only showing up with filters or we're only showing up with makeup or hair and it's like preventing us from showing up like fully in our truth right and I remember a couple of weeks ago I was doing this keening so keening is like is an ancient practice of releasing grief right and I was attending a keening retreat but I was also holding a keening retreat the weekend after and someone took a couple of pictures and videos of me and it was like with my permission and it was the most beautiful, ugly, raw thing I've ever seen. And I want to use that word ugly, like to kind of reclaim it because birth, if you've ever seen a baby being born, it is beauty and ugly all together. Death is beauty and ugly all together. And like winter and the, you know, even like compost and like decay is ugly and beautiful altogether. And I think we're only, as we said, focusing on this ovulation, beauty and summer phase when actually there's a lot of beauty in the death and the decay and the ugliness. And I was massively showing up and I posted the video of me and I couldn't, I'm so raw because I'm keening and I'm in the water And like, it's not beautiful, like as per Instagram, but there's something in that. There's something in that because it liberates us. Like there's power in us embracing ugliness, you know, not just beauty. So it's like, there's power in the ugliness and like some of the most fulfilling and satisfying experiences that I've ever had where I feel so alive is when I'm in an experience like that where I'm either witnessing someone in a crumble or a deep grief or giving birth or something 
And I'm like, this is real life, lads. This is real life. Like, whereas sometimes when you're on Instagram, you're like, oh, it feels just so icky because it's like what we really want is real, true, authentic life. And that's not always beautiful. That can be ugly as well. We've definitely covered the beauty and the ugly today in terms of, God, what are we not talking about? Purging, ascension, diarrhea, all things. (laughs) Yeah. So tell me, right, I'm going to link all of your information in the show notes in terms, Sarah has like insane programs like the sacred birth method, the sacred conception method for anyone who is like for actual children. Yeah. Conception and birth. And then also you've got your, the mastery schools. So like a monthly access. So if you want to work with her in, I think there's God knows thousands of hours of trainings and rituals that you can do a lot of the kind of practices and stuff that we've talked about today, your retreats, your book that is coming out soon. So I will update the show notes and link in her book and offer you guys a copy when it is out on Instagram but to win, sorry, not for free. But I would like to ask you, like, you know, if you'd give some advice, right, just for people to kind of wrap up in terms of the deathing process and the journey back home, what would it be? I know there's obviously so much gold there, but just like nail it in a nutshell. In a nutshell, it's safe for you to allow parts of yourself to die away in order for you to be your true self. It's a process that needs to happen if you want to be your true self. But the main thing is that it's safe. It's very, very, very safe. And you will not get stuck there because look to nature, the greatest force on the planet. Like look at nature. Nature doesn't get stuck in winter and neither will you. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I actually have one more question now that you said that because I know we we actually talked about this before we hit record. (laughs) But in terms of this journey of death, and being reborn as our higher selves, Joe, that does mean change. And it also means that you might not hold on to the same people. Either you will not hold on to them because they don't resonate with who you are anymore, or they might just not resonate with you and the relationship falls away. And then there is still the programming and the whole piece of like, you know, we don't want to be abandoned and we want to be accepted and everything. And we spoke about this on our own journeys before we come on, we were kind of going, God, how freeing is it actually when you're just kind of going, no, this doesn't work anymore. And it's actually okay to do that letting go. So one last piece of wisdom on this one. Okay. <laughs> Love and light starts with you, girl. <laughs> what I would say is that that is also a constant cycle. I think we're constantly honing our friendship groups, the people that we're surrounding ourselves with. The wisdom is to put yourself first all the time and trust your body's wisdom and trust your energy. If you're leaving a friendship depleted, if you're leaving just completely in a funk, you have to start trusting that and you have to put yourself first. And they're also teachers. They're always teaching us something. And whether it's how we can communicate to them with compassion like, cause I think the ultimate like mark of like evolution is when you can leave a relationship and there can still be love there, you know? And so, yeah, I think everything done with compassion, but first fucking compassion for yourself because you're not doing anybody a favor if you're sticking with friends that are making you feel like shit. And that's a very oversimplified version, but your body knows your energy knows, your intuition knows the ones that you need to walk away from. And all it takes is for you to walk away, for you to feel the lightness, for you to know that you made the right decision. Yes, love it. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Love it. Mm-hmm. And is we, this, I actually am always like, I'm going to make it a rule now in future that it's like, just get straight into the podcast. But it's been great catching nice. up before we hit record. But one other piece we talked about on this actually is because the world is such is so busy and like what we're out here in the collective is moving people away from hustle back to cyclical living back to getting in touch with your cycle back to getting in touch with who the fuck you actually are and the thing is that like life is so busy the old part I'm go 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 if I actually think I used to travel an hour and a half each way to get to work to sit at a desk for nine hours a day actually blows my mind that I used to live like that now but I never questioned it when I was doing it and we don't we don't notice who drains our energy? We don't know what situations drain our energy. 
we're not even like, you know, looking in like, you know, when we're dying with period pain, you're trying to force yourself to work. Like, I mean, why, do you know? And I think it's like, start asking these questions. Like, how do I feel in the situation with this person and whatever? And like, and start tuning into the wisdom that is already within your body. And this will make your journey just so much more easier. And just to wrap up on that point that you had said, without the trauma and the suffering, which is a real thing, particularly in Ireland, I know obviously people are tuning in from all over the world, but like, and we can get addicted to that. Like it doesn't have to be involve suffering. Okay. Once you get the right tools and stuff, and Sarah has shared so much wisdom today to help you on that journey to be reborn into the amazing freaking person that you are, and that is in everybody. And we all have that capacity to change and evolve to whatever level that we want to reach. Mm, mm, yeah, I love it. So thank you for your beautiful wisdom and sharing with everyone. I just look there. 0909. I'm going to look that up. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sarah. And I shall talk to you soon. Thank you, everybody. Thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of your journey and activating your higher self. I'm so grateful to every listener in this community and would love to know what you think. So drop into my DMs or send me a message and be a part of the expansion of our collective by subscribing, sharing and leaving a five-star review. And let's rise and flow together.